think shadowing is very important up until a certain point because you can only watch and learn for so long. There has to come a point where you need to actually be doing the work to actually, you know, fully understand it. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, they're a diddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part two in the two-part Entertainment Daily series. In part one, we went through hour by hour in a day in Tara Reid's life as an associate producer at Entertainment Weekly. In this episode, we'll take you through Tara's career journey so you know what skills and experience are necessary to land a job as a producer in the entertainment industry. Tara always wanted to perform or do something creative for a career, and she's found ways to do both. She recently got promoted to video producer from associate producer and is taking acting classes. Let's learn how she did it and balances it all so you can too. When the time came around to choose a college and a major, Tara told us that she had no direction. She did know one thing for sure. She wanted to venture out from her home state, New Jersey. She ended up choosing Towson University in Maryland for her first few semesters studying mass communications and media before transferring out and enrolling at Rutgers University. She told us she transferred because she didn't really find the sense of community she yearned for in a college experience. I think I liked that it was journalism and media studies and not just journalism because I'm not so interested in the writing aspect of journalism as I am the media side. So that's kind of what attracted to me the major. I had heard a lot of really good things about the program, as I'm sure you know. So that's kind of like where I started. I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like, let's see where I can go from here. Let's talk about these minors too, because philosophy and digital filmmaking, right? Right. So Yeah, journalism and media studies was my major, and I kind of knew that at first. And then I remember taking a documentary filmmaking class that filled a core writing requirement. And that's where I was introduced to a lot of like film students because they were like completing their like film certificate requirements. And I was like, what are you guys talking about, film certificate? Like, what does that mean? And then I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I, I really liked what we were learning in the documentary filmmaking class. And then for philosophy, I think it was it was a similar situation where I took a um, logic class that filled a math requirement, and I liked just being in a class and talking about different ideas and writing papers about those things and not having – I feel like a lot of people hate not having a concrete answer about something, but I really like that because it's just so open-ended. And that can transfer over to media, right? Like there's no right way to do things and you yeah. have to be okay with that and producing and all of that because exactly. your idea, you can think it's the best in the world, but at the end of the day, like – your very high up boss or your audience is going to make that decision. So exactly. That's okay a really that. good comparison between producing and philosophy because so many people can have one idea, but then there could be another group of people who think something completely different mm-hmm. and who's to say who's right or wrong. Let's talk about internships. Tara gained a ton of media experience in undergrad. Her first was with Good Fella Media as an editorial and social media intern. 
There, she wrote articles about music, hip-hop and R&B artists, to be exact. In that role, she learned a lot about WordPress, which is the CMS of choice for a lot of websites. Next, Tara scored an internship at Rutgers Today as a videographer. The media outlet shares stories about Rutgers students and campus life, and she joined to help shoot and edit videos. Me and my coworker would basically go around to different campuses and just interview students about random things happening that day, whether it was specific to Rutgers or maybe just in the news in general. And we would just get their feedback on different things and then head back to the office and edit it together. And so that was the first time I guess I learned how to really do anything with a camera or 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 use an editing program. I feel like that's the most like easiest and most comfortable way to get the experience that you want before entering some sort of company like outside of your university. I found it very comforting to still like be on campus where I'm like going to class in a few hours and then like my job is here for like these few hours. So it's like accessible, it's um, a comfortable situation and I feel like it's a good place to like start where you're learning these things that you want to do in the future. Another experience on campus she had was with Rutgers Around the World where Tara was an on-camera reporter and voiceover artist. She would read off a teleprompter discussing what study abroad opportunities there were at Rutgers. She would also record voiceovers explaining in more depth about these opportunities, and her voice would be used in the final product over the B-roll, aka the supporting topical footage. And I really, really loved that experience because it was the first time, like, I've been critiqued on performances before, whether it's, like, your body language or the way you're looking or presenting yourself. But that was the first time I was critiqued on the way my voice sounded and, like, the intonations that you would do with your voice. So I found that really interesting. They're like, you keep going like up at the end of each sentence or like down at the, or like trailing off at the end of each sentence, like something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked like thinking about that and trying to like correct that for the next go around. The biggest tip I, or biggest like correction I was given was slow down, be calm while you're speaking and really put like the consonants at the end of each sentence, kind of like that, just to speak as clearly as possible. She then was a script reader at a production company in New York City. There, she was supposed to go through scripts that producers hadn't gone through yet and help decide which ones were worth pursuing or not. Sounds cool, right? She went in with really high expectations, but it ended up not being the experience she was promised. This is a common issue at internships. I think over the whole summer that I was interning there, I think I read one script. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if that meant they just like weren't getting a lot of submissions or they just forgot I was there. Mm. I'm not really too sure. But um, I ended up depositing a lot of checks to different banks around the city. So for this particular company, looking back at it, I feel like they had a very low budget and not a lot of people working for them and probably not enough resources to be able to like delegate responsibilities Mm -hmm. as they should. And I realize that now, but at the time it was just pure frustration. And so I would just at first just kind of like gently keep reminding me like, hey, I'm still here if you need me to do this. Like, hey, like I really love doing this kind of thing. Like, is there any opportunities like that? Or like, where can I help here, here and there? And once that kind of gets old and gets a little tired, if you still aren't getting any, you know, tangible response or like tangible outcome, 
I I sp- like had like a sit down conversation with the person that I was reporting to and was just kind of said like, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. And I'm just wondering if I can have something that is close to the experience that was first advertised for this position. And, and you called for that meeting? Yes. And this was still – this was also an unpaid internship. So I'm like paying to commute into the city, coming back to New Jersey, mm-hmm. spending all this money on bus fare, and then coming back with – not only like less money in my pocket, but like still no more experience than I had the day before. So I think I remember my mom kind of like urging me to step up and say something because she could see like the the effort I was putting into something and not getting anything out of. Were you nervous? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like pacing outside for a little while. But the the person I reported to was a woman who was pretty young, and I feel like that kind of like took the edge off a bit. So after that, I actually – still no script reading, but I got to sit in on an audition. So it was like me and the casting director auditioning someone for a role, and I got to be – actually, I was reading script. I was reading the other person's lines <laughs> for that actor in the audition, and that was kind of fun to like be on like that side of things and talk with the casting director like oh he was good or he was good that person stinked Um, (laughs) so yeah that's kind of what came out of speaking up she was then a videographer for the Rutgers marketing and communications department filming events around campus one of the projects she worked on while she was there was a video with the Rutgers chapter of the national no more campaign an organization meant to drive awareness and break down the barriers of stigma silence and shame associated with domestic violence and sexual assault this was a cause she was able to marry both of her passions together with advocacy and storytelling i think i always considered myself a progressive person who welcomes change. But that was the first time I realized like, oh, I can actually do things like that align with that. Like, I guess I always thought like, oh, I always believe those things. And if I'm talking about it, I'll, I'll say it. But this was the first time I was like, oh, I can like take action and, you know, cross things off a to do list while meeting the same end goal in a bigger way than just like talking about it with friends. During her fall semester of senior year, she landed an internship at NBC as a post-production intern assisting editors in preparing promos, movies, and TV episodes for NBC Universal properties like Bravo, Sci-Fi, and more. She was pumped about this internship because it was the first major media company she'd have on her resume. What was she doing, you ask? Well, this experience is another example of the internship description not matching the day-to-day tasks. But first, let's learn what this internship was supposed to entail. You're making sure that like the logo is in the right place or the bug is in the right place or there's no like frames of black anywhere or there's no one cursing in it. There's no nudity in it. And it would go up on their television networks and people would have to like schedule when they're going up and all that kind of thing. So I got a little taste of all of that. I wasn't necessarily the person hands-on touching and making all those decisions. A lot of the, like, first half of this internship was me kind of sitting down and learning from other people as they were working. So I remember sitting with a different person every day that I was there, whether it was someone who was focused on color correction or someone who was focused on the sound on the video. And I would basically just like sit there and learn from them as they did their job. How important was that experience for you? Just shadowing people? I think shadowing is very important up until a certain point. 
because you can only watch and learn for so long. There has to come a point where you need to actually be doing the work to actually, you know, fully understand it. So there was a point in this internship where I again reached out to my manager just to kind of clarify like what my intentions here were, like what their intentions for me were and what my intentions were for the internship because I felt like I wasn't getting everything out of it that, that I thought I would. And my manager actually explained to me that in the past they had dedicated resources to an intern but essentially had them doing kind of those typical intern admin tasks where it's like running to get coffee or like taking meeting notes or whatever it is. And so they had a specific initiative for this semester of interns to just learn and like not do anything other than that. So that was the reasoning behind it. And I was like, that's really wonderful that I'm not running to get coffee. Like, thank you so much. But I don't think you've quite hit the nail on the head. Right. And, with, but like, that feedback's helpful for them. You yeah. Know? So, I'm, like, it's awesome that you spoke up again. Yeah. Were you nervous on how you were going to be perceived by the hiring manager or the HR manager being yeah. at a bigger company? Definitely. I remember that the specific action I took for this instance was writing out an email to my manager because another thing that um, was kind of holding me back was he was so incredibly busy. I think he was like the director of post-production. I don't remember his exact title, but he was in meetings from like nine to six. So I never really saw him throughout the day. So even if I wanted to say it in person, I don't think I would have had a window to. So You would prefer to say it in person and you would advise to say it in person? Um, I would advise to, but I would just definitely scare too. So I was also like, okay, I'll just send this email. <laughs> um, I hear you. Yeah. So I, I wrote out an email and I remember like revising it and having people read over it for like days and days and days. And then finally I was like, okay, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to send it. Um, and he was very responsive, very helpful, very encouraging. And from there he set up a meeting and and I remember it being me, him, two other like higher up people. And there was actually one other intern doing like similar things to me. And we just had a, a conversation about what we had done thus far, what we want to do for the latter half of our internship, what their jobs are like, what we want to get out of it, what we want to know about NBC in general. And it was really, really great. It was a very productive meeting. And things changed after that. She was placed on a team that was responsible for watching somewhat final cuts of episodes before they aired and checked for nudity and cursing. From there, she moved on to a digital video internship with CNBC that was much more her speed in terms of the job description. But while she was juggling her last year of school and these internships, she was interviewing for fellowships post-graduation. After months and months of applying and interviewing, she made it to one of the final rounds for a comms position in Nepal, which made the possibility of it happening that much more real. So I was really attracted to the Princeton and Asia Fellowship because I wanted to have an opportunity post-graduation where I could travel and just immerse myself in a different culture other than my own. And it didn't necessarily matter to me what I'd be doing there. I just knew that I wanted to experience something very, very different for at least a year and then kind of figure out my career from there. And I thought post-graduation would be the perfect time to do that, but it's a very rigorous program and there was a long, long, long application process and interview process. Really? It was How very long? rigorous. So I applied, I want to say, in like September or October of my senior year, and I made it past a first round and 
Then around January, we had in-person interviews, but also kind of just like conversations with alumni from the fellowship. So I remember spending like all day there, like talking to like three different people and just them asking about myself, me asking about their experiences. From there, I think there was like another round after that. It, yeah, it was like a like months long kind of thing. And I really think my background in media and communications helped me a lot with this position because I noticed that a lot of the other applicants were pre-law people. So they were up for very, very different roles than I was up for and not a lot of like media people were um, applying to this fellowship. So I think that helped me as, in, as far as like getting to the final round in this. What was the moment that you found out that you didn't get it? Yeah. So I remember getting the email. I remember like where I was sitting too in my desk in my room off College Ave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember reading it and just feeling so sad but so relieved at the same time. It was a really strange feeling because I was so upset that something I put so much time and effort to just like fell through the cracks. But I was also like so relieved that I didn't have to like say goodbye to anyone or just like upend my life to go move somewhere that I have, you know, never been there before. Don't know anybody there. I would be completely alone. Like as much as I didn't want to admit it, I was like terrified at the idea, but I knew I just wanted to like push myself to do something like that. But I was relieved. Yeah. Relieved and sad. It's a weird mix of emotions. That is so interesting. And it's funny because you you said you were relieved that you didn't have to say goodbye because you would be put into this whole new environment. But that's why you applied in the first place. Exactly. So that's so interesting. Now that you put all of your eggs in one basket and you learned that you didn't get it, what was the move then? So I decided to just chill out. I didn't let myself get worked up about like not having a job or not having any direction just then. I just wanted to like relax for a second. I felt like I've been like on like, like go, 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 go kind of energy for like four years. And it was kind of nice to be like, okay, I don't have anything like planned tomorrow for like a quick second. And what I actually ended up doing was working for this like alcohol promotions company called Select Promotions. And I would go to different bars or events and like sample alcohol to people for like a few hours. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would do that. And I was also going on a few auditions in the city for acting gigs. I signed up for Central Casting, which is a company that hires background extra people for like different TV shows and stuff. So I'm in the back of a, a, of an episode on Younger, like, you know, the show. Nice. Yes. Hillary And one for uh, SVU. I just tried to find like creative ways to make money while I tried the audition route because I wanted to pursue acting. And this was the first time that I didn't have any other obligations holding me back from actually doing that. So yeah, I just went for it. But I I am someone that definitely needs structure and organization in my life. And I need a plan for the next day. And I get like antsy when I don't have that. So although right after graduation, it was nice to relax for a second, that like didn't last long for me. So that's why I applied to my job at Entertainment Weekly. She applied right on the website. And surprisingly, her application didn't get lost in the abyss of applications. The job, associate producer at Entertainment Weekly in the video department. Among other reasons, she probably got a call back because of her captivating cover letter. 
So actually, before I explain the cover letter story, I guess I should explain the story that I'm telling in the cover letter. Okay. So my name is Tara Reed, and there is an actress named Tara Reed. And I joined Instagram before she did. So I had the handle at T-A-R-A-R-E-I-D. And she had it with maybe like the number 10 at the end or something. And I would constantly get tagged in photos of her or people would comment on my photos telling me I'm a phony. Like really, really crazy things. Like celebrities who are taking photos with her would tag me as her. And the biggest person to ever do that actually was Steve Aoki. And I remember looking at my phone and being like, what the hell? Like I just had like a flood of followers come into my Instagram and I was like, where are these people coming from? And then I saw the Steve Aoki post and so many comments were like, ha ha, he tagged the wrong Tara. Like, look at that girl. She's probably so confused, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> Which was true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, accurate. Um, and so... A lot of Tara Reed's managers, or I don't really know exactly who they were on her team, but they were like reaching out to me, asking me to change my username. And one person actually offered to pay me to change it. So I had a conversation with him over email and he ended up sending me $2,000 to change my Instagram name. Damn. Yeah. They originally offered $500 and a signed headshot. And <laughs> me as like a 17 or 18 year old was like, yeah, I know how to negotiate. Um, how about 2000? And they were like, sure, here you go. Like, it's fine. And now Do when you I wish tell, she asked for more. Yes. <laughs> every time I tell this story, they're like, why didn't you ask for more money? I was like, I didn't know what money was. Like, I didn't understand. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah. Oh but I was very happy. So now with that what's your Instagram handle for? Um, <laughs> it's Tara underscore underscore Catherine. So I'm go. just like ditching the last name and just going with the middle name. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically in my cover letter, I use this story to my advantage and I wrote something like in the year 2013 or 2014, Tara Reed bought my Instagram handle for $2,000 and she only realized that this was important to have after Steve Aoki tagged me in a photo of her. And then I kind of tied it into saying how I want to be the most relevant Tara Reed in the entertainment industry. And I feel like a job at Entertainment Weekly can get me that and can one day help me buy back my Instagram handle. So it was very like fun and campy and cheesy. Oh my God, um, I love that. But it kind of showed an interesting fact about me while also showing my admiration for the company and ambition. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, and I, I realize that if anyone's listening to this, they're probably like, well, I don't have a famous name. Like, what are we all supposed to do? But I, I think the thing to, to take away from here is that cover letters should tell a story about you and everyone has a different story and everyone does have something interesting about themselves. And you can find a way to angle that that looks, you know, marketable to a company that you want to be at. It's just about thinking really critically about what that thing is about yourself. A few days after submitting that fire cover letter and application, she got an email from someone in HR, set up their initial phone interview, and from there she had an in-person interview. After that, she didn't hear anything from them for a very, very long time. And I was like, well, I tried my best, I guess. <laughs> Basically, the summer after I graduated, I was like, let me do the things I've been putting off forever. So first it was like try auditioning. The next thing was get bunion surgery um, <laughs> because I had a huge gross bunion on my left foot. <laughs> um, so I got bunion surgery. And it wasn't till after that when I was like recovering, I finally got an email back and they were like, hey, could you actually 
come back into the office for another interview. And I looked at the boot on my foot and I was like, sure, I'll be there uh, (laughs) on crutches. (laughs) And that's exactly what I did. I remember my mom, thanks so much, mom, paying for a cab for me to get into the city from New Jersey so that I wouldn't be like on the train with my crutches. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So nice. It's an expensive cab. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. She was hired as an associate producer for the video team and worked in that role for two years until she was recently promoted to video producer, leading all of New York video production. You can learn more about that in part one of this series. But to get here, it took some candid and hard conversations to make this promotion official. But she knew she had to speak up because she wanted to be properly recognized and compensated for the work she was doing. Here's her advice she had for her 18-year-old self, but we also thought that it accurately describes the motivation to speak up and the will she had to wait the promotion out. I would tell my 18-year-old self to trust the timing in your life, but also know that you create the opportunities for yourself and you can't wait for them to come along. That wraps up part two in the Entertainment Daily series. Huge thanks to Tara Reid for sharing her wisdom throughout this experience, A Day in the Life series. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to part one in this series to experience a day in the life of a video producer at Entertainment Weekly. So they say you can't get a job without experience, but need experience to get the job. But luckily, we have quite the experience. You can join our team and experience a day in the life of the jobs you want by applying to be a student editor. Regardless of your major or amount of experience, this is the perfect stepping stone into any internship or career. Find more info and sign up at xadiddle.com slash students. That's x-a-d-i-t-l dot com slash students. Thanks for listening. Head over to exadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at exadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bow and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.